0: This morning, go ahead and open to Matthew chapter number 16. And if you've not received the notes for the message, uh, just by chance, maybe an usher did not get to get you one yet. If you just raise your hand and the ushers will see that hand and uh, bring you the notes right away, you'll find that most of the verses that we'll be going through, the scriptures that we'll be reading, will be there in your notes and uh, and you'll see an outline that you can follow along as we go and study this passage of Matthew chapter Number sixteen. So we'll we'll be in Matthew sixteen, verse number twenty four to verse number twenty eight. Just four uh, verses this morning, and uh, and hopefully the message will be an encouragement to you and a help this morning as we study the scriptures together. Matthew chapter number sixteen, verse number twenty four says this way: It says, "Then said then said Jesus unto his disciples." If any man will come after Me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow Me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it, and whosoever will lose his life for My sake shall find it. For what is a man profited if he gain the whole world and lose his own soul? For what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? For the Son of Man shall come in the glory of His Father with His angels, And then he shall reward every man according to his works. Verily I say unto you, there be some standing here which shall not taste of death till they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you so much once again uh, just for the blessing that it is to be in your house. I thank you for your word because it's in your word that we find what we need we find the spiritual nourishment that we need to continue moving forward to continue to have the strength uh, that uh, that only you can give us and the peace that only comes from the lord jesus christ we thank you for your word because it also gives us the grace that we need and we learn in your word that we are to uh, grow in grace and in the knowledge of our lord and savior jesus christ I pray that as we study this passage of Mark uh, or Matthew 16, I pray that as we study the principle that is taught here, that we would have an understanding of it, but not simply an understanding of it, but Father, a love for it, and a way in which we can uh, uh, place it into our lives, apply it into our lives, that it would be something that we would live by, and allow your word to begin to mold us more into the image and, and conform us into the image of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Be with us, I pray. I pray that you would fill me with your spirit, help me to communicate this message clearly, that it would be an encouragement and a blessing to your people. And we ask this in Jesus' name, amen.
1: we With coldness on each face Christ offered them forgiveness As the spikes were nailed in place His blood was free Shadow of the cross in the shadow of the cross. This life that I've been given belongs to Jesus Christ is my, my redemption. redemption when he died to pay
0: morning as we study the passage of Matthew 16, we find in these verses a very important principle that every Christian needs to understand and must understand if they're going to live a victorious Christian life. Now this week we're going to study the principle of what it is and why it's important. The next week we want to study a little bit of how do we practice that principle. How does it apply in our life and how can we live that principle daily in our life. So uh, today we're just going to look at the principle and I call this principle the principle of dying. I don't know that there is a, a... formal way of, uh, of really titling this principle. But but this principle of dying is, is one that is sometimes difficult to talk about. And the reason it's so difficult to talk about, because it's because the, the, the theme of death is not one that we like to, to think about. It's not one that we like to dwell upon. But this principle that Jesus is teaching in this passage uh, is a principle that states this. In order to live the Christian life, we must choose to disown ourselves by identifying and suffering for him. Now, Jesus said it a lot better than that, but that's basically what the principle is it's choosing to follow or become a disciple of Jesus Christ by disowning ourselves and identifying and suffering for him. It's a kind of a paradoxical principle. Um, you know what a paradox is. I think maybe you've, you've heard of what a paradox is or you've seen an example. A, a paradox is something when someone says a, a, a statement and it sounds like they're contradicting themselves, but then when you start studying what it means of what they're saying, you find that it makes perfect sense. And the Bible has lots of paradoxes uh, for Christians. For instance, Jesus said, "'He that shall be first shall be last.'" And he that is last shall be first. That's, that's a paradox. It sounds like it's contradicting himself. Sometimes uh, the Bible teaches uh, other principles like that. He'll say, uh, Jesus said, He that will be chief among you, or the, he that will be the leader, will be servant of all. It sounds like he's contradicting him, himself, uh, himself again. We, we would think of that as if you're going to be the leader, you're telling people what to do. But Jesus is saying, if you're going to be the leader, you've got to serve everyone. And so we we find these paradoxes that the Bible teaches about. And, And this principle of dying is kind of like that. The principle is this. If you're going to live the Christian life daily, you're going to have to die daily. If you're going to live the Christian life, you're going to have to die. So the principle of dying is something that is clearly taught here in the scriptures when Jesus is speaking to his disciples. Now, we don't have time to read the whole chapter, but you'll find as you read the chapter 16 of Matthew, you'll find that uh, Jesus is already speaking to different people. He was speaking to people that had rejected him. In the, the beginning of chapter 16, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, which was the religious leaders of his day, were basically telling Jesus, we don't believe that you are who you say you are. And so uh, as he's traveling and, and uh, speaking to them and, and we see that uh, they reject him, there's others that do believe him. Uh, they, the Bible says that there was people that followed him, not only his disciples, but many others. And, and as he's walking and talking and teaching, Jesus asks this question to the disciples. He says, who do people say that I am? And they said, well, some think that you're John the Baptist, born again. Some people think that you're Elijah the prophet. And and others think that you're just another prophet, maybe like Isaiah or Jeremiah, or just another prophet that God has sent. And then Jesus gives a really pointed question. He says, but who do you say that I am? And Peter answers for the group there, the disciples. He says, well, you are the Messiah. You are the Son of God. You are the the Savior of the world. And and Jesus said, well, listen, you're exactly right. He says, uh, flesh and blood have not revealed this to you, but my Father which is in heaven. And and he commends him for, for that great confession of recognizing that Jesus is who he says he is. So now he's speaking to those disciples, to that multitude who already have believed that Jesus is the Son of God. They've already believed that Jesus is the Savior of the world, the only one that can forgive sins. And he gives them this principle. Now that they believe that, he says, now I want to teach you this principle. This principle of being a follower of me means that you're going to have to die daily. And he tells this principle, or he teaches it, with three different phrases. And that's what we're going to look at this morning. The three phrases there in verse number 24. The first phrase being this. It says, If any man will come after me. That first phrase that says, Come after me. Now I know this is not in your notes, but maybe you can put right beside it where it says, Come after me. You can put in parentheses, Choice. Because you see that that little phrase, come after me, uh, is talking about being a follower, a disciple. Someone that is going to live his life after what Jesus teaches. Going after the purpose of living like Jesus. Being a follower of Jesus. Now if you look at the beginning of the verse, he says, Any man that will come after me. At the end he says, follow me. He's not saying the same thing twice. You see what he's saying there and come after me, he's making this the object of the the sentence there. In other words, he's talking about the follower. At the end of the verse, he's talking about what the follower does, right? It would be somewhat similar to me saying this man over here is a firefighter. And what a firefighter does is that he fights fire, right? That's what Jesus is saying in this verse. He said, if you're going to come after me, this is who you are. You're a follower of me. And what I like about this is that he highlights that by saying, if you're going to come after me. You know that Jesus never asked someone to be a follower, to follow him where he's never been. Jesus, the Bible says, is the good shepherd. And like a good shepherd that leads his sheep to green pastures, the Bible says that's what Jesus does for you and me in our life. He leads us. And so when he calls us, he calls us to say, come after me. Follow me. Be a follower of me. Be someone that looks at what I'm teaching, looks at what I'm saying, sees the example that I'm giving, and says, that's what I want to do with my life. So the first phrase is this, of choice. Now, here's what I want you to notice. Number one, he starts it by saying, if. Just two letters in the English language, if. But you know what that word, if, implies? It implies that there's a decision that must be made. Do you know that Jesus doesn't force anyone to be his follower? Jesus will not strike you down with lightning if you do not show up to church next Sunday morning. Jesus would not uh, strike you with cancer or a terminal disease just because you didn't do what he said that week. You know, every time Jesus was always inviting people to follow. He says, if any man will come, if I mean, he's just simply saying, if you'll just follow me, it's your decision, it's your choice, but if you will, you can follow me. You see, there's a decision that must be made by every person when it comes to following Jesus. There's a decision first that needs to be made about who do you think Jesus is. If you've not made that decision, that's the very first decision you make. It's the most important decision you'll ever make in your life. Who is Jesus? Is Jesus your Savior? Is Jesus the one that you believe has died and paid the penalty of sin for your life? If you've not made that decision, that's the first decision that needs to be made. But after that, after that, the next decision you have to make is will I follow Him? Will I be a follower? And everybody, every person must make that decision for themselves. Can I say, parents that are here, understand that You cannot make that decision for your child. Now, let me just say, I'm all for bringing our family to church. I think that if you have a a two-year-old or a two-month-old and you can come to church, you ought to bring them to church. And every time that if you have a teenager, there's a youth activity, you ought to take them to that youth activity and have them participate. And every time that there's a conference here at church, you ought to, uh, and the doors are open, you ought to bring your family, you ought to bring your teenagers, I don't care if they're 25 or if they're two, uh, you ought to bring them here to come and worship God. But understand this, that just because you come to church and just because you bring them here doesn't mean that they're followers of Jesus. That's a decision that they must make. Teenager that's 13 or 14 years old, that's a decision that you have to make. You're not a follower just because your parents are followers of Jesus. It's a decision that Jesus tells you and me if, if you want. If you want to be a follower, you can follow, if. Can I say, church member, that just because you come here to this church, it doesn't mean you're a follower of Jesus Christ. You know, I have found that sometimes as church members, if we're not careful, our Christian life becomes that. Our Christian life becomes, well, whatever the pastor says. Some people ask, well, how come y'all don't go to this place? How come y'all don't go to the bar anymore? I don't know. That's just what our church says No. And we become followers of churches instead of followers of Christ. Or you'll ask somebody else something and, and they'll say, well, uh, I, I, I don't know, that's just what the pastor says. And suddenly you're following the pastor, but you're not following Jesus Christ. And Jesus puts the emphasis, hey, I want you to be followers of me. Not a follower of an organization, not a follower of, of, of human beings. I want you to be a follower of me. And it's so important that us as Christians this morning must understand in this principle of dying, it starts with a choice. Will I be a follower of Jesus Christ? It's your decision. But I want you to notice what else he says in this phrase of come after me. He says not only if, but he says if any man. Do you notice that? Not only does it start with a decision that we must make, but it, it also specifies that anyone can make this decision. You know, it really doesn't matter what your race is this morning. It really doesn't matter how much you have in the bank this morning. It doesn't matter what kind of car you drive. It doesn't matter what kind of family you have. Jesus said, if any man, any will come after me. Jesus said, listen, you can have a life that is full of joy and peace if that's your decision, you want to. That's anybody can make this decision. You don't have to be a certain age. You don't have to have a a, a certain amount of understanding. All you have to do is say, man, if I am any, by the way, everybody in here is any. You fall under that category. You just got to decide, do I want to be a follower of Jesus Christ? That's why we always find Jesus doing that. He's always inviting people. In Revelation chapter 3, verse 20, it says that Jesus was standing at the door of a church and knocking. And he said, if any man hear my voice. I will come in unto him and sup with him and he with me. You know, Jesus desires to have a relationship with you. Jesus desires to give you a life that is full of joy, a life that is full of peace, but you and I must decide it. So this principle of dying that we're looking at, that Jesus is about to teach, he says it starts with this. It starts with you being a follower of me. Deciding, I want to be a follower of Jesus Christ. See, once you make that decision, then Jesus said it will lead you to the next thing of dying, this principle of dying. It's this. He says, if any man will, be, will come after me, he says, let him deny himself. The next phrase that we look at in the principle of dying that Jesus is trying to explain is this of denying yourself. Now, there in your notes, you can put in parentheses, disown. Because see, the word here, deny, doesn't mean to like, uh, you know, how many of you have ever been on a diet? I'm just uh, curious. How many, is there anybody, I know there's a lot of teenagers here that have never been on diets, but everybody else has been on, on a diet, perhaps. And, and you know, in a diet, we sort of think of the word deny as, I really want this donut but I'm going to deny myself this donut, right? It means not giving your, your, your body what it's desiring because it's not good for it or, 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 or denying yourself some sort of pleasure. Uh, but that's not what that word means here. Jesus is not saying, if you're going to be a follower of me, then anything you want to do, you cannot do. That's not what he's saying. When he says deny, let him deny himself, that that word means to disown. In other words, to not even acknowledge or have a connection to. That's what the word disown means. It means don't even have a connection with it. You ought to say, I don't even know it. I don't even want to see it. I I have no idea what it is. I, I want nothing to do with it. That's what disown means. And he says, you need to have that attitude about yourself. He says, you've got to disown yourself. By the way, that word deny, that's the same word. If you remember the, uh, the story of Peter, do you remember that Peter was that one disciple that, that denied Jesus three times? If you remember the, the night that Jesus was getting uh, taken to trial, and uh, as he was in the court there in trial, Peter was there outside by a fire, and somebody came and said, hey, uh, you're one of those d- disciples of Jesus. And he said, no, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. And then someone else came a little bit later and said, you know, the way you're talking, you sound like you're one of those men that was following Jesus. No, I don't know him. I, I don't even... I've never heard of the guy. And then someone else came again and said, no, no, I'm, I'm almost sure that you were with him. And then Peter began to curse and say, I don't know this, I don't know what he is. I don't know him at all. That's what that word here means, deny. Peter is saying, I don't... I have no connections with that guy. And Jesus said, "If you're going to be a follower, if you're going to practice and understand the principle of dying, you have to understand it starts with choosing, and then it's going to lead you to deny, to disown, to not connect with yourself." That's a little uh, that's a little hard to believe. <laughs> Why can't I? Have any association with myself? Why, what does it mean to deny myself? It simply means this in your notes. It means to deny your sinful nature. Denying your sinful nature. You know that there is nothing good about you and me of, in and of ourselves. Did you know that sin affected us and it ruined us completely? <laughs> it ruined us, I mean, completely. Completely. There's nothing, no part in us that is good. In fact, the Bible says in Isaiah that even our righteousness, even our good works, the Bible says, is as filthy rags to God. It's as something that is of no use, of no good. Without me, Jesus said, ye can do nothing. Denying ourselves simply means this. I got to disown myself from all of my sinful nature. Sin has affected us. You know what our sinful nature is? Listen, Paul said there in Romans seven eighteen. he said, For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. Paul recognized this, that in, in our nature there's nothing good. You said, well, Pastor Jeremy, what is our nature like? Well, let me just give you a little glimpse of what it's like. If you look in your notes there, Galatians chapter 5, Paul tells us what our, our our sinful nature is. He says these are the works of this sinful nature. It's adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, Of water. I mean, there wouldn't be nothing. I wouldn't be able to convince you and say, well, what if you just drink a little bit of Just poke a hole over here. It'll be fine. I mean, I put, the, I put it over here anyway. I put the drops up here. If you just you know, poke a hole over here, you'll be okay. Nobody would think that. You would say, that, that whole thing's contaminated. That's disgusting. Do you know what sinful nature did when we sin? It's like having that in our lives. It made everything about us disgusting and that's why god says listen if you're going to die daily if you're going to apply this principle and understand it you have to understand you have to disown yourself (laughs) you need to completely understand that your nature is completely sinful you need to deny that nature but also it means not only denying our nature but it also denying our worldly perspectives Do you know because we have a a sinful nature, we tend to see things all wrong and crooked. We live in a world that sees things all wrong and crooked. In fact, our world looks at it this way. Our world says, uh, if it feels good, do it. That's just how they see it. Uh, The world sees things like this. They say, well, the ends justify the means, right? So, I mean, if you you have to break the law to help somebody, break the law because you're helping somebody. The world's got a really wrong way of looking at things because it's contaminated with the sinful nature. And what Jesus was telling those followers of his, he said, first you decide that you're going to be a follower of me. As you decide that, it'll lead you to this this thought of you have to deny yourself. Disown your sinful nature. Don't look at it and say, well, I think this. God says, well, what do I think? Don't look at it with a paradigm that's very twisted and wrong. Look at it, how, how does God look at it? How, what does God think about this? Jesus said, if you're going to follow me, this is how you have to look at things. Look at it the right way. Leave those worldly perspectives out of it. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 2 speaks a little about this. Because our world, if you've ever seen Pinocchio, and many, many, uh, I'm sure, have seen Pinocchio. Uh, remember in Pinocchio, he always says, and always let your conscience be your guide." And sometimes the, the world looks at it that way, of your conscience. You know, if, if it feels good, if, if, if it doesn't bother you, then it must not be wrong. But you know what the Bible says in, in 1 Timothy 4.2? He says, this is, why it's, this is why you have to deny yourself. Because if you're not careful, if you have enough lies coming into your life, and you have enough wrong coming into your life, and you have enough worldly perspective coming into your, uh, into your life, you know what happens? Your conscience becomes seared as with a hot iron. That's what 1 Timothy 4, two says. Now, if you're trying to uh, understand that picture, it's basically this. If you've ever burned yourself, you know that after you burn yourself, after the skin begins to, to grow back a little bit, you'll find that that skin that was burned, if it was a hot enough burn, second or third degree burn, you'll find that you begin to not feel anything there. That's what a seared means. It means to, to not have any feeling. And the reason we need to deny ourselves or die to ourselves is because if you're not careful, you'll stop feeling anything. You'll stop feeling what, what's wrong. You'll stop, you'll, you'll stop thinking, oh, that's not right thinking. Oh, that's not what's going to bring uh, a, a blessing into my life. This is not what's going to help my family. You won't even see that anymore. Suddenly, all you're going to see is, well, everyone else is doing it. And you're going to let that sinful nature give you the wrong perspective. And so Jesus says, listen... And this principle of dying, it starts with just the fact that you got to decide to be my follower. That'll lead you to begin to deny yourself, denying your sinful nature, those wrong attitudes, those wrong habits, saying, listen, I can't live that way. I can't do that. Denying these perspectives. Hey, am I looking at this right? Is this the way that God sees it? Once you begin to deny yourself, Jesus said, here's the third uh, important truth that goes in this principle of dying, it's this. Take up his cross. There, in parentheses in your notes, if you want, you can put identity and suffering. Identity and suffering. Because when you look at that, when you look at that phrase, taking up his cross, it's a very interesting phrase. (laughs) Jesus didn't tell them to carry your cross or bear the cross in other places he does, but there he didn't. There he, he interestingly says, take up your cross. You know, when you, when you tell somebody that, uh, that you're going to have to carry a cross, it has the idea of this, I had nothing to do with it, right? Something was placed on you. There, there's a burden that was placed on you that you're having to carry, you're having to endure. Uh, when, I, uh, when I say the phrase, carry your cross or bear your cross, that's, what, that's the, the, the idea that comes in your mind. Oh, you know, I'm walking along, somebody put a cross on me, and now I'm bearing it. But you'll find that in the principle of dying, that Jesus says, take up your cross. He says, you can see the cross is there, and now I want you to go and pick it up. Now, this is very significant. And the reason that this is significant is because of what the cross meant. Today we look at a cross and we say, "Oh, that's a church." And that's that's victory. That's that's a, that's a symbol of of Jesus Christ and what he did. But did you know at the time that Jesus is speaking this to his disciples that the cross was was something that was shameful? It's something that was embarrassing. It was a sign of suffering. I was telling our teenagers this Wednesday, just like when you, you see the, 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 the skull with the bones behind it, we say, oh, that's death, that's poison. Or, or when you see the, the, the reaper, the grim reaper with his little reaper in his hand, we say, oh, that's death, that's, that's, that, that's not a good thing. You know what? The, cry, uh, the, the cross would have had that same kind of connotation for them that were listening. Cross? Take up my cross. And here's what Jesus was telling them. He was telling them, listen, the principle of dying involves identifying myself with Jesus Christ. That means I need to identify with him in all that he does, in all that he says. It means being united with him. Taking up the cross is is getting something like this, making a connection with him. So in denying ourselves, we disconnect from ourselves, from our, our wrong attitudes and our wrong words that we use and our wrong lifestyle. And then he says, take up the cross. This is connecting and identifying ourselves with Jesus Christ. He says, willingly, cheerfully take up the shame. Do you know that there are times in your Christian life where you'll be mocked simply for carrying this book? I don't know if you watch the news or if you watch or read any kinds of news articles, but in the last couple months, it seems like it's happening a lot and a lot more than usual. I don't know if anyone watches and wastes your time watching The View, but there's a lady there named Joy Bear. And, uh, and she said that anyone that believes this book and believes what the Word of God says is mentally ill. There's the media out there that when a man like Mike Pence, who claims to be a Christian and follow the Word of God, says, hey, I don't eat meals with secretaries by myself. I don't uh, eat meals with aides or, or senators that are, that are ladies. I don't eat with them by myself. My wife always comes with me. And then they tell him, Ben, you're crazy. What's wrong with you? You know, there are times that that kind of lifestyle of taking up your cross is going to be mocked by others sometimes there's others that want to shame you perhaps at work or perhaps in your own family someone that wants to shame you simply for believing what the word of God says simply because you say I believe that Jesus is the savior of the world simply for saying because I believe Jesus died for my sin and he is my savior and he's the one that I'm following just for doing that you'll find that sometimes persecution comes into your life And this principle of dying is that exactly. Take up your cross. I mean, in other words, understand what it means when you're a follower. It means you're going to be different. It means that all the sinfulness around us is not going to accept us. But it means that we must identify with Christ. That's what Paul was saying there in your notes, Galatians 2.20. He said, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet, not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life that I I now live, I live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. You know what Paul was saying? He's saying, I just identify with him. What he thinks, I think. What he stands for, I stand for. What he does, I do. I'm taking up the cross not only means to identify with Christ, but also suffering for Christ. You see, it wouldn't be too long after Jesus revealed this to his disciples, this principle of dying, that he himself would die on a cross. It wouldn't be long before those disciples that heard him say, hey, this is how you have a victorious life. It's by dying would see him die for the sins of the world. They would see him uh, get a, a, a cat of nine tails, someone get a cat of nine tails, and begin to whip him on his back. It wouldn't be long from then that they would hang him on a cross. As people would mock him, people would spit on his face, people would hit him with their fists and pluck his beard and laugh at him and mock him. You see, the cross was something of a suffering. And Jesus said, listen, if you're going to be a follower of me, understand that you're going to have to take up a cross. You're going to have to identify and stand where I stand, but you might have to suffer as I suffered. Like I said, Jesus says, come after me. He never leads you where he's never been. Jesus says, listen, I know what it means to suffer. I know what it means to be laughed at. I know what it means to be alone. Sometimes uh, all it takes is somebody at work to say, I don't like you having that Bible here, and we stop bringing our Bible. There's no rule against it. There's nothing that the company says you can't do it, but because one disgruntled employee says something, that's it. Understand. Being a follower, if you're going to die daily, you've got to take up that cross you got to identify with Christ. you got to suffer for Christ. You know, when he was on that cross, he was not thinking about his own interest. He wasn't thinking about how this is going to affect him. He He wasn't thinking about what this meant for him and don't these people know who I am? The Bible teaches us that while he was on the cross, you and I were on his mind. The Bible says... God showed his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. You and I were on his mind, not himself. He said, come after me. This is where I'm going. Let me tell you, he said, deny yourself. You know, Jesus denied himself a lot of that fleshly world that was trying to get around him, trying to influence him. Satan himself came to tell him, well, why don't you turn these stones into bread? And Jesus said, bread shall not, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. The devil said, Why don't you jump off this building? Jesus said, You shall not tempt the Lord thy God. You see, Jesus knows what it means to deny, to disown from a world full of sin, disown from the wrong perspective. Jesus knows what it means to take up his cross. This is the principle of dying. It's a choice to disown yourself and to identify and suffer for Christ. It's a simple principle. You say, Pastor, why is it so important? Well, that's what verse 25, 26, and 27 talk about. He says there in verse 25, for whosoever will save his life shall lose it, and whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. What's Jesus telling them about? What's he talking about? He's talking about this. When you have the principle of dying in your life and you understand that, guess what it gives you? It gives you significance. It gives you significance. You know that we live in a world that is in an identity crisis. Suicides are up. Drug use is up. Divorce is up. People don't even know what they want anymore. You've got kids that feel like life is not worth living and taking their own lives or purchasing a gun and going to their school and taking other people's lives. You've got people that are on Facebook and on Instagram and on YouTube and they're looking for relevance. They're looking for fame. They're looking about people say, notice me, notice me, notice me. And you know why they're doing that? Because they don't have significance in their life. They think life is meaningless. They don't know why we're here they have no purpose in their life. But you see, when you become a follower of Jesus Christ, he says when you apply this principle, when you understand the principle of dying, it gives you a whole new significance about why you're living. That's why you have to die if you're going to live the Christian life. It gives you significance. And then when you look in verse number 26, he goes on and says, For what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? You know what Jesus is talking about there? He's saying, see, when you understand the principle of dying in your life, it brings about a right perspective. First significance, why I'm alive. Secondly, a right perspective. You know, Suddenly, the things of this world aren't all that great anymore. Suddenly, having a bigger, nicer house isn't as important as it used to be. Suddenly, having all the fame on YouTube isn't as important as it used to be. You see, it begins to give you a perspective that says, you know what, I need to look at this the way God is looking at this. Suddenly, we understand what marriage is all about and who marriage is for. Suddenly, we we know what life is all about and what we are living for. We begin to understand what matters and what doesn't. See, Jesus said, when you have the principle of dying, it gives you meaning. When you have the, the principle of dying in your life, it gives you what matters. It gives you a right perspective. And then you'll see in verse 27 and 28, it says, For the Son of Man shall come in the glory of His Father with His angels, and then He shall reward every man according to His works. I want you to notice there, lastly, that it brings about victorious living. When you have the principle of dying and you understand what Jesus is saying there, He says, then you'll understand this. There's something that you will be receiving for what you're giving up. You know, God never takes away from us to be mean. God always takes away so that He can give something better. You know that God only has what's best for you in mind? Sometimes I I feel like I don't always believe that i got to confess. Sometimes things go bad in my life and I go, I don't know if this is really what's best for me. But you know what? God always wants what's best for me. I have to believe that. And sometimes He takes something away from us just because he wants to give us something better. He wants, us to show, uh, he wants to show us a better way. You see, the principle of dying helps us to see things that we've never seen, to know things that we've never known, and to live a life that we've never lived. That's what the principle of dying will do for you. What is this principle? Choosing to disown myself, And identify with Christ it's a simple principle I think Jesus said it better than I just did he said if any man will come after me let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me I want to encourage you this morning if you've not made a decision to apply that principle in your life to live by that principle perhaps today is the day that you need to do that I want to encourage you make that decision this morning, you see the principle of dying in the life journey of each Christian is so important. We cannot be disciples unless we fully understand this principle, this truth. We got to die so that we can live. It's a great reminder this morning of what we need to do. I'll end with this story. I, I heard a story of, a, of an old Navajo Indian that uh, became very rich because the land that he owned was uh, there was oil found on it, and, and he was able to sell that land and, and just become just unbelievably wealthy. So he gets all his money, and he goes to the bank, and he, and he sticks it there in the bank. And the banker that was there, he used to uh, get to know, he got to know this, uh, this Indian pretty well. And he began to see what his habits were. He began to see how, how it was that, uh, that he lived every day. And there were times when this, uh, this old Navajo Indian, he would get so depressed. He'd get so tired, he'd walk into that bank and he'd look at the banker and he'd say, Sir, uh, grass all gone, sheep all sick, water holes all dry. That banker very wisely would take that old Navajo Indian and he would go into the vault. And he would show him all the bags of money and he would say, Sir, this is all yours. And... Uh, and he would spend about an hour, that Indian, and he would open his bags and he would count that money. And then he would count it again. Then he would put it back in the bag and finally he would put them all away and he'd walk out into the area in the lobby of the bank and he would look at the banker and he'd say, you know, grass is all green. Sheep are all well. Water holes are all full. Do you know what the principle of dying does for you? It helps you to see that the grass truly is all green. And the sheep are all well. And the water holes are all full. I want to encourage you this morning. Understand this principle. The principle of dying. Next week we're going to learn how do I live that every day? How do I apply that? This week's challenge is this. Make that principle a principle of your life. Decide that's the way you're going to live your life today. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for this simple principle that is is so easy to understand. It's just so difficult sometimes to live. So many times, Father, we we get into into a week in our life where we just feel like everything's going wrong. And it just feels different. And how important it is for us to remember that there's... There is victory. There is a way that we can get through the things of life and have a victorious Christian life if simply we decide that we will die today. Oh, may this principle of dying be something that is real and effective in our life, something that we believe wholeheartedly, something that we would adjust our life and change our life to live after this principle. Father, help us speak to our hearts I pray that Your Spirit would enlighten us in ways and show us where it is in our life that we need to really truly apply this principle, that we would be able to live as a follower because we choose to be, that we would deny and disown our sinful nature, and that we would take up the cross as You did. Father, help us to do that this week, I ask. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Amen.